Welcome to the Bold Business Owners Podcast. In this podcast, I'm sharing with you inspiration, lessons, tips, and actionable strategies to make your own bold business and life happen. Who's your host? My name is EJ, and in the past decade as a strategy consultant, I advised numerous organizations in growing a business in line with their vision and purpose. It is now my mission to help solo entrepreneurs with the exact same tools and methods to create a strategy that works for them, all so that they can build a more profitable business on their own terms. This is the Bull Business Owners Podcast. Hey, welcome and thank you for tuning in again to one of my episodes. This is the very first episode of 2024. So first of all, I would love to wish you or give you the best wishes for 2024. So hopefully this year will be a year for you with a lot of love, with a lot of success, a good health and strength to pursue and to continue the passions that you have, the business that you want to build, or just becoming more of the person that you want to become. So I've been off from the podcast for a couple of months. So it does feel like I'm starting something new again, even though Of course, I've been doing podcasts in the past and maybe you had the same feeling after you took a long break from something that it takes you a little bit of getting back into it. And that is what is happening today. So the last episode that I recorded was, I think, somewhere beginning of November and I haven't been recording anything since then. And the reason for that basically is that in November and in December, I lost two people that were very dear to me. And I've basically helped arrange two funerals in the past couple of months. So I did not really feel like recording any podcast episodes. But now I'm back here in 2024 and I wanted to pick it up again. And I wanted to start this episode off with something that can fuel you, that can motivate you to start reaching the goals that you have for yourself, whether that is business or personal, in 2024. Because the thing is that when you lose people, like these are big events, of course, and with every big event in your life, there is always a moment of reflection. Even though it's painful and even though uh, you're grieving, like I'm still grieving, of course, but at the same time, I want it to be something meaningful. I want to give it the meaning that they deserve. Or how can I say this better? With everything that happens in your life, you are able to look at it from a different perspective. And of course, one of the perspectives is to feel really lost and to grieve. And that is definitely something that I'm doing as well. But at the same time, I don't want that to take it over. I don't want that emotion to take over everything. Because in my opinion, that would not be respectful to them, to how they live their lives. And it would be dishonoring their lives as the way that I see it. So for me, the meaning that their passing has for me is that I'm still here. And I can still make the best of the life that I have in front of me. The years that I have that I can still spend with my family while they can't. Now, one of the people that I lost was an elderly person. And what her death basically gave me as a meaning is that she really lived a life, like, to the max. She would always take opportunities to do things that she wanted to do, even though she just became 81 this year. And even though she was already sick, she still wanted to do everything that she still could do. And she refused to be old, you know, she refused to be seen as old or to behave old and she always told me that as long as you can do things that you love you gotta do them and so to honor her life basically that is what I want to take with me from now on so not only in this new year but like forever and the other person that passed away was a very very dear friend of ours 
he passed away in December and he was only 38 years old. And he basically left behind his wife and his almost two-year-old daughter. And even though he only became 38 years old, also from his life, I can see that he was a person that always went for the best thing. You know, he always went for the best that he could have. Did not take no for an answer. And he would always pursue those things that he wanted most. And so also to honor his life, that is something that I want to take with me. I really want to strive for the best that I can and go do the things that I love most for as long as I can. And yeah, there might be times when it becomes difficult, but this will definitely fuel me to always go beyond and reach further. So having said that, I thought that this first episode would be a great one to to look ahead to 2024 and for you to also work on the goals that you have. Now, of course, by the end of 2023, you might have seen a lot of business owners or businesses or coaches offering these challenges, these programs, these free courses or whatever there is out there to set up your best year for 2024. And honestly, that was something that I was planning to do so as well, if this hadn't happened. But in the end, of course, I decided not to record any podcast. I actually just took a break from my business. And I also decided not to go ahead with this, with this masterclass that I had in mind to craft your goals for 2024. But now that we are in the first month of 2024, now that we are in January, I do want to take that up and pick that up again as well. And basically start with something that comes even before setting goals. Because with the New Year's resolutions and setting goals for yourself, it's actually quite easy to set goals, right? You take a piece of paper and a pen and you just write down the things that you want to have, the things that you want to do. But what also happens with New Year's resolutions is that they often end up nowhere or they end up somewhere like, you know, on a piece of paper and then maybe later on in the bin because you forgot about them. Or Blue Monday happens and after that, you know, you just get rid of your goals or you don't even want to pursue them anymore because you haven't been able to keep up with them. When I do goal setting with my clients, and honestly, goal setting is not something that you only have to do like once a year, at the end of the year, in the beginning of the year, or maybe around your birthday or around a big event happening. Goal setting is something that you can always do, of course. Each and every day of your life, you can decide that today is going to be the first day that I set a new goal. And even though goal setting is something that you can easily do on a piece of paper by just writing down the things that you want to have, I like to take a little bit of a different approach because if you truly want to reach your goals, it has to be kind of like ingrained in you. You have to truly believe in the goals and you have to attach emotions to it. You know, you have to attach your purpose, your why to it, to stay motivated and to keep on pursuing and going after your goals, even when times get a little bit rough, even when things don't go the way that you want them to go, when you have some obstacles or some setbacks. So just writing down some goals on a piece of paper, I believe is not gonna help you to reach them. But I won't argue the fact that writing down goals is really important. Honestly, there are so many people that don't even know what they want in life. They do know what they don't want in life, but they have a really vague idea of what they actually do want to have in life. So yeah, getting clear on your goals is very important. But actually, there are a couple of steps before that. Before I set goals with my clients, for instance, I always do this visioning exercise, this creating your compelling vision and compelling future for yourself. A, a future that basically takes into account your entire life and not just your business. Because 
eventually your business goals are actually a derivative from the life goals and the vision that you have for your own life. It should not be the other way around. So if you are only setting goals for your business or only goals for your career without taking into account the goals or the future that you have for yourself, like the type of life that you want to live, then I would definitely recommend you to do that first. But even before we are creating that compelling vision or future for ourselves, there are some shifts in your mind that need to happen. There are some principles and some beliefs that you need to see as a truth before you can actually create that compelling future. Because what happens quite often when we are creating that future, and I see this with my clients all the time when I do this exercise, is that they are already cutting off certain possibilities of their future life, of their ideal life and their, their ideal situation because they have these limiting factors or these limiting beliefs in their own mind. They already believe, oh, actually that what I want is not possible, hence I'm not going to even go for it or I'm not even going to put this in my future life, <laughs> you know. And because they are thinking that way, they don't open themselves up for new opportunities or possibilities that are actually out there. The thing is that you cannot come up with a solution or a way to get somewhere if you don't define where you want to be. So on the one hand, it is hard to see the possible ways to get where you want to be if you haven't even defined where you want to be. And also, you cannot define what you truly want if you have limiting beliefs on what is actually possible for you. So we have to work on these principles first. We have to work on our mindset first. So in this episode, I actually have put together a couple of different principles, I ended up with 10, that not only are principles that I want to live by as much as possible, but also beliefs that I have that can truly help you in reaching our goals. So let's just dive into these principles. So the very first principle that I want you to adopt to set this compelling future for yourself is that you don't need to ask for permission. You don't need permission from other people to want to do the thing or to want to live the life that you want. You know, quite often we are letting other people influence what is possible for us or what is not possible for us. And it can then often also feel like you have to convince them or you have to defend yourself maybe because of the judgment of other people. Other people, they can have an opinion, but they form their opinion based on how they view the world and how they view their lives and they base their opinions on their own perspective right and their perspective is infused with their own ideas their own fears their own worries their own desires so yes it's good sometimes to take advice from people but don't let your future your compelling future or your ideal life be influenced by what other people think that you can or cannot do by what other people believe is possible or not, or by other people's worries, you know? People worry about you. And of course, people that give you advice might have the intention to help you not be disappointed. They may want to protect you from certain events or certain things happening. They want to prevent you from having failure. And that is all okay, you know? Like, other people can have their opinion. Other people can find things weird that you want to do. Or want to have but you got to be aware that when you are writing down your ideal life or your, your future or whatever goal you have that it is not a goal or worry or someone else's voice in your head that is actually telling you what you can or cannot do so again you don't need to ask for permission from other people the only person that you need to have permission from is yourself and of course 
if there are other things involved, like maybe a huge dependency on someone else, like in terms of time or effort or money or whatever. Yeah, maybe you want to discuss it with them, but don't let anybody determine what your own life goals or your own future is going to be like. Okay, so that is the first principle. So the second principle is that your past does not determine your future. Oftentimes when we set our goals, we are already thinking about what we can or cannot do. Apart from the fact that we let other people decide what is possible, we also let our own past decide for us. Maybe there's something that you tried in the past that didn't work out. And after trying once, you now think, okay, it's not for me. Or maybe you feel like you want to do something big, but the last time you did something big, it did not work out or you got laughed at, or it was a huge failure in your own mind. And that is what you take as the potential outcome, or maybe even the expected outcome, if you're going to pursue something new. But your past does not determine your future, right? In this moment, like right now, you can decide to learn more. You can learn from that mistake or that thing that you marked as a failure. And whatever happened in the past doesn't have, need to happen again. Because you are now prepared more. You know what you can expect now, and you can anticipate you can learn new things, you can learn different skills that will help you to reach the goal that you have. So don't take your past as a measuring stick or an expectation for what is truly possible for you. When I coach my clients on goals in their business or getting to where they want to be, I do often hear like, okay, I tried this and didn't work, so I'm not going to try that again. And to me, you know, your past or whatever outcome you got is, is really just a way to learn from the situation because if you actually do an evaluation of what happened before then you'll find out that a lot of things that you thought were the problem or the cause of it not working are not the actual causes if you really dive into the situation and analyze what happened i guarantee you'll find out why it actually did not work and that you can change it and you can tweak it and you can have a different outcome the next time that you try it again. So your past does not determine your future. So don't let it limit whatever you want to reach in life. So the third principle is to be really freaking honest with yourself. I can't stress this enough. Being honest with yourself is always a good thing. Whether that is like being honest in what you want to reach or being honest on where you're currently at. And this principle has just helped me so many times in my life. Whenever I needed to make a decision, whenever I was writing down my goals or whenever I just felt a certain way, like not happy, you got to be really honest with yourself. Like, where are you currently at and where do you really want to be? There's always a lot of emphasis on goal setting and where you want to be and what it is that you truly want. But one of the most actually overlooked things is that people are not really honest with where they're currently at, whether that is your skill level or how you feel mentally or emotionally, or where you are financially, you know, you have to be honest with yourself so that you can actually create the path to where you want to be. There are two things. In crafting your roadmap or a strategy, whether it's for your business or your life, you need two points because that determines what it is that you need to learn, what it is that you need to overcome before you can take the next steps. So be completely honest with yourself. The fourth principle is. Yeah, if you listen to my podcast before, you know that this is very important to me. But it is about taking ownership. Don't expect anyone ever to do the things for you. Take ownership of your own life. Take ownership of your own actions and your own decisions. Even though 
they didn't work out in the past, even though they had a result that you did not like. And being honest with yourself has to do with taking ownership. You can only take ownership of the situation if you are honest with yourself. So ask yourself, if you did not reach something in the past, did you do everything in your power to reach it? If something did not go the way you wanted to go, was there something that you could have done differently? It's too easy to point fingers at other people. It's too easy to blame other situations like the economy or how other people behave and act. Those are things that you don't have any control over. The only thing that you have control over are your own thoughts, your own actions, and your own decisions. And so as long as you take ownership, there is no one else to blame. And you will always feel empowered because there's always something that you can do. And even if you cannot do something as in take an action, there is still a different perspective that you can probably adopt that can help you shift your mind. So in a business setting, this can be as simple as analyzing why maybe you did not get the clients that you wanted to have or why your employees are not doing the things that you want them to. If you would take ownership in those situations, what you could be doing is analyze, okay, did I truly do everything in my power to get those clients? Did I do the marketing things that I needed to do? Was I present at networking events? Did I follow up with those people that wanted to become my client? Or in case of these employees, did you do everything in your power to enable them? Now, it's too easy to say, oh, they're not doing a good job. But did you give them specific instructions? Did you share with them the actual outcome that you're after? Did you enable them with the tools and the knowledge and the skills that they need to have? You know, so there's always something that you can take ownership of. And so before you start blaming other people, the economy or anything else, always start with yourself first. And this will empower you and always give you control over any situation. The fifth principle is that there is always another side. You can decide which side you are going to choose. In every situation, there is something maybe that is not working, but there's always something that is working. There's a problem, but there's always a solution too. So always shift your focus to the other side. Always shift your focus to the solution rather than the problem. So yes, you can analyze the problem, but don't give it all your attention. Don't stay too long in the situation where you are victimizing yourself, where you're looking at the problem, asking yourself, why did it happen? Why is this happening to me? Why doesn't it work? Instead, focus on the solution. And honestly, this is something that me and my husband are also using in our kids' upbringing. You know, whenever our kids are basically shouting like, I'm thirsty, or it fell down, or you know, whatever it is, we always tell them, okay, that's the problem. Now, what is the solution? And we encourage them to ask the right questions. Like, okay, so you're thirsty. So what is it that you want? Okay, you want water? Okay, because even when I sometimes focus on the problem, like, oh, it, it's broken or it doesn't work, then they actually come to me and say, mom, that's the problem. What's the solution? So yeah, you see, it helps to focus on the solution and it makes you also much more creative and resourceful in finding a solution to your problem. Wherever focus goes, energy flows, right? So if you're spending all your time and attention and your efforts on a problem, you're definitely not going to find a solution. And also, if you have a lot of energy spent on your problem, then your state of mind and your emotions will probably also feel more down and more depressed than if you would focus on the solution. And I can tell you there is always solutions, but you just need to be open to it. And you start doing that by focusing on what is possible, and by asking yourself the right questions. 
So instead of asking, why did it happen? How come this happened? Why doesn't it work for me, etc., etc.? It's better to ask yourself questions like, okay, what can I do about this? How can I make it work? What would I need now to make it work or to solve it? So that was principle number five. Now let's move on to principle number six, which is small steps have a big impact. Whenever I work with my clients through a strategy or a roadmap or a solution to their challenge, then you will come up with big chunks of the solution, right? You have to set up something big, maybe launch a new product. Maybe you have to change your organization or have a different team or something like that. And this can be really big activities, but big activities can be broken down in really, really small steps. And even though it seems that some small step does not make a difference, it actually does. If you keep on taking small steps, eventually you will make a big leap. Of course, it doesn't only apply to your business, but also like in your personal life, you know, know, maybe you want to lose weight or maybe you want to learn a new skill. Then practicing this skill multiple times just for a brief moment actually has a big effect. Or if you want to lose weight, maybe every time that you make a decision about what you're eating, this might seem like a small step, but eventually it will have a big impact. So small steps have a big impact and it's not just the big things that you need to be able to do the things or live the life that you want. Sometimes small steps or incremental steps don't seem like they do much for you. But I can say that it does. You know, when I was still working as a consultant, I would have these small time pockets of like two, three minutes here and there, like waiting for someone, standing in line for coffee. And yeah, at that time I already had kids. So I truly felt that I did not have any time to do anything else. But even in those two to five minute pockets, I was able to do stuff. I would maybe listen to a lengthy podcast throughout the day. Five minutes here, 10 minutes there. I would call up the doctor for a recipe that I needed for my kids when I was standing in line for coffee, you know, or even just shortening the calls that you have with your colleagues, you know, as I did by five or 10 minutes had a huge impact on things that you could do in between. So yeah, small steps have big impact and don't forget that. So if there is something right now, like a small habit that you can change, then know that this can have a big impact on the long run. Okay, the seventh principle is to take action right away. Usually when I come up with a new idea or something that I want to do, if I write down a goal, I take a very first step. And it can also be, again, a very tiny step. For instance, okay, I'm going to share this now with you. I want to get into calisthenics. I want to do more body weight, you know, exercises. Like I used to do these workouts in the backyard, but now with the cold and everything, I don't really feel like doing it outside. I also don't want to use a lot of equipment because taking out the equipment and putting it back, it takes some time. Um, it doesn't take a lot of time, but still, it feels like a hurdle. So I also want to do more body weight and more calisthenics. So a couple of months back, I was binging all these TikTok and Instagram reels on calisthenics. And I wrote down as a goal that I wanted to do more calisthenics. And I wanted to be able to do a couple of poses or exercises by the end of this year. And so when I wrote that down, I took some small actions right away. I blocked some time in my calendar to practice, to do these workouts, even though it's like maybe 15 minute workouts, that's fine. And I also right away looked on the internet for some parallel bars, parallels, to help me with some of the exercises. And even though it might not seem like it's a very significant step to be looking for it online, 
or ordering it. This can be a first step that helps you to build momentum. So whenever you can take some action right away after you set a goal or you have set some intention, try to do it right away. Take a very small action. As an example, one of my clients, when I did a vision workshop with her, she was telling me about her dream to own a second house in Spain. So she wrote that down and I told her, okay, right after this vision workshop, the first thing I want you to do is just go online and check some properties, even though you're not actually going to buy it now. But in the future, just taking this first step, just just looking around or maybe find out if you can find some real estate broker or something is going to be the first step that is going to help you to make it a reality. So always take some action, even though it's really small. The next principle is completion over perfection, which I heard during one of the UPW events that I did with Tony Robbins. It was actually Sylvester Stallone that talked about this. Completion over perfection. I know a lot of people out there, including you maybe, including myself, tend to be perfectionists. You know, you want to do everything perfect before you put it out in the world. But perfection is not going to help you to reach the goals that you have. You can apply perfection over time, but it's definitely not something to strive for right from the start. It is better actually to complete something instead of doing it perfectly. As an example, with my clients, if you are launching something, if you're thinking of a new product, make sure that you just complete it first. You can perfect it over time, as I said. After the second or third time, you can make some small improvements, but make sure that you're completing a full cycle first. So maybe you want to launch a new product, get your better product, create your sales page, and make sure that people sign up. If you want to do a webinar, which is something that I still want to do, I'm just going to create a webinar. I'm going to do it one time. It's not going to be perfect the first time. And that's the good thing about this. If you go for completion first, you don't have to have another outcome with it. So the first goal regarding your webinar, for instance, might be just to complete it or your first masterclass. The goal is not to get a lot of sales. It is to get into it. It's to get the experience and to learn from it. And that is always the goal with completing something first. Now, of course, there might always be cases where you have to do something not just for the sake of completing it. And it has to be good. But still, striving for perfection is not going to help you to reach your goals faster or in a better way. Perfection always comes over time. So maybe there's something that you've been putting off right now because you want to make it perfect. Instead of that, try to shift it now to completing the whole thing. So what needs to happen for you to reach the goal of completing it? To complete something, some things simply don't matter. So if you're currently struggling with something that you want to make perfect, and you still haven't done it, or you still haven't launched it, or you still haven't even started it, then shift your outcome to just having the outcome of completing it first. Okay, so the next principle is to not sweat the small stuff and to go for big problems and big solutions instead of small problems and small solutions. If you want to have a meaningful life, if you want to do things that are valuable, you have to focus on the bigger problems. You have to focus on the bigger solutions. And you have to focus on things that are higher in value. So that also means that you should not spend too much of your energy on things that you don't actually have to worry about. Be bigger than that. Focus on bigger things. If someone is doing something to you, something small, then you still have, then you can still react in a really big way. But you have to ask yourself, is that worth it? Or do you rather shift your focus on bigger problems to solve? bigger worries to deal with instead of smaller stuff that are just minor inconveniences. 
A lot of things in life are simply just not worth it to spend a lot of time or energy on. Like people cutting you off in traffic. Some people get really angry or mad about it. You know, the other day we were taking our kids somewhere and we approached a roundabout and it was just a huge queue, a huge line there. And we were thinking, okay, what's the holdup? You know, is the road blocked or something or what's going on? So we went around it and then we just saw two people like fighting, like screaming at each other two guys screaming at each other you know nothing happened like the cars did not collide there was nothing happening but I think looking at their faces and how they behaved and how their cars were standing it looked like that one person cut the other person off and now they were just I don't know screaming and shouting on the street and there was just a huge queue like behind it like a huge row of cars and people that were actually not knowing what was going on and I was looking at it and I was thinking okay if this is your biggest worry of the day you know, then what is your life about, really? That was literally the thought that I have. If situations like these happen to me, I always just, you know, I just want to continue my day. I'm just like, okay, sorry, or it's okay what happened. I'm okay with it. You know, it's fine. I, I'm not sweating small stuff. I don't even want to put my attention or my energy into those things. It's simply not worth my time. So that is one part of, you know, solving bigger problems, going for bigger things or bigger solutions. But also when you deal with your clients, Make sure that you solve bigger problems for your clients. Focus on bigger problems. Focus on how you can be of better or more value to your customers instead of trying to do the small things and trying to sell products or solutions that people don't really care about. That's basically one thing that I always do with my clients when we are looking at their pricing or looking at their offers. Like, is this offer truly valuable to your client or how can you make it even more valuable? Because not only can you ask more money for it, it will also give you much more fulfillment if you're dealing with bigger problems and focusing on bigger solutions. Okay, the last and the 10th principle that I want to share with you, which is something that I'm also still working on always, is I will persist until I succeed. Persisting until you succeed is hard sometimes. You know, there will always be things that can get in your way or some things that you did not foresee that can happen. And this is a principle I also want to live by. I will persist until I succeed. And especially with the events happen that happened in the past few months, I don't want to take no for an answer. I will want to persist until I succeed. Because life is just too short to not go after the things you want. And life is also too short to suffer, as Tony Robbins said. Life is too short to be in a suffering state, to look at the things that don't work, to feel frustrated, to feel annoyed. I'd rather be in a beautiful state, in a state of peak performance, in a happy state, in a grateful state. And I don't want to spend my time thinking about why something cannot happen. And I don't want to give up on the things that are truly important to me. So yeah, principle 10 and persisting until I succeed. That is the principle that I also want to live by from now on. Okay, those are the 10 principles that I wanted to share with you. And I truly think that these principles will help you in setting goals, in setting your compelling future but also in reaching those goals. So hopefully you're going to apply these principles too in your own life. And hopefully this will help you to make 2024 a great year, if not the best year of your life so far. All right, that's it for the episode today. I wish you a great week ahead. But before you go, please let me know what you thought of this episode. I'd love to hear from you. So please do send me a DM on Instagram or on LinkedIn or share this episode with someone you think can also use this to boost their own life and their own goals. Thank you so much and I'll talk to you in the next episode. Bye!